Hello, and thank you very much for tuning in to the The Hair Podcast, brought to you by Dylan The Hair, so clearly you can tell we're very creative on the name. This episode is my first one going solo. I'm typically used to doing a podcast with my group, and we're part of the Chapel and Chill podcast, part of the IEDT Podcast Society. So anyone coming from there, I thank you very much. But this is not what that podcast is usually about this one's a bit more informative i'm going to look between the connections between the mind of an artist and that of a skeptic or the words believers of things that are typically unbelievable what common grounds do these minds have now i would love to stress that i am not an artist nor am i any expert or professional what i am though is curious and that is what is going to take me through this podcast today to begin to answer this question however would need deeper background information like what separates an artist from the average person? Typically their thinking process is almost totally different from an artist's inspiration and ideas often arise out of nowhere for which a normal person might struggle. Typical artists tend to have an amazing memory power. They observe a lot. They see possibilities everywhere, constantly taking inputs that later get expressed in their art. They take time for solitude. They actually love solitude. Artists are often prejudiced as loners but they choose it and constructively use it to produce their best work. They're not afraid to take risks and fail. Very good ones fail often, and they bounce back with the same spirit as they started. They're insanely curious. They maintain a sense of curiosity throughout their life. Now, of course, those are all, of course, very general assumptions, of course, that does not unravel up every artist. So I hope any artist that may be listening are not offended by anything I said there, or think that I'm just generalizing. Now, of course, I am not implying artists believe that 5G is killing people or that COVID-19 is a hoax. However, if you just look at the people who do believe that sort of thing and look at their epistemic motives, epistemic motives are finding casual explanations for events in a core part of building up stable, accurate and internally consistent understanding of the world. Specific epistemic motives that casual explanations may serve include slaking curiosity when information is unavailable, reducing uncertainty and bewilderment when available information is conflicting, finding meaning when events seem random, and defending beliefs from a disconfirmation. A related property of conspiracy theories is that they can protect cherished beliefs by casting overwhelmingly disconformity evidence as the product of conspiracy. As well as their purely epistemic purposes, casual explanations serve the need for people to feel safe and secure in their environment and to exert control over the environment as autonomous individuals and as members of collectives. Several early theories of conspiracy belief suggested that people turn to conspiracy theories for compensatory satisfaction when these needs are threatened. Vincent van Gogh did very similar things with the technique known as post-impressionism. Post-impressionism does not refer to a single style, technique, or even approach to painting. The most famous post-impressionists all developed their styles independently, yet were all united in rejection of impressionism. In the work of Van Gogh, we see bold, intense colours and very expressive work, but did not ascribe to the movement and took their paintings in different directions, breaking away from the naturalism used by impressionists. Now, for that section, I was referring to an article called The Psychology of Conspiracy Theories by Karen N. Douglas. It is a great piece. It goes on very long, but I won't delve too much into it. But she goes very well into the aspects that draw people towards conspiracies because it kind of brings in a sense of... just kind of brings in a sense of peace 
where there should be conflict and it's kind of like you don't want to believe what's there and you don't want to see what is typically known like for instance for me fact is fact until it changes i understand people don't always believe that is exactly the same i mean like man landed on the moon till there's facts saying that they didn't land on the moon but i understand a lot of people are willing to question that and people see a lot deeper into that type of stuff than i do and that's why also why i'm not an artist now how i relate that back to artists is for instance if i look at a blank canvas i'd see a white piece of paper i see a few dashes of paint i don't see how i could potentially turn that into an incredibly detailed face i can't see how i can turn that into a mountain I can't see how I can make it look like it's a real person just from a couple dashes of paint. Whereas people can look at a blank canvas and instantly know what they're going to put there. Vincent van Gogh, of course, one of the greatest artists of all time, uh, was a man who actually provoked a conspiracy theory of his own due to his death, as they tend to be, these conspiracy theories. And it's to do with his suicide, which is the commonly accepted facts to which that he shot himself. However, some led on to believe that he was murdered. This was then proven to be a myth. However, people still believe that to this day. Even in that scenario alone, people still chose to believe something that wasn't there. Something that you had to look underneath what was written in front of you to come across something completely different. And yeah, it may be a myth. But it shows that, you know, not everything is, to all people, what meets the eye. But even in the work of Van Gogh, he used a similar tactic of not doing what meets the eye. With the work of pointillism. Pointillism is a style of painting in which small, distinct points of primary colours create the impression of a wide selection of secondary colours. This technique relies on perceptive ability of the eye and mind of the viewer to mix the colour spots into a fuller range of tones. Van Gogh was known to use this technique as it was a good way to blend pieces together. Now, it may seem like a bit of a stretch to compare these two, but I would compare that to, for instance, there was a case where apparently people believed that the COVID deaths were only actually at 100, using the same information that was being used to obviously describe the actual deaths of COVID, which as far as I was aware at the time was 1700. However, they used the same information that showed that one, I think it was 1600 of those had died. People had underlying health conditions, which apparently they don't count if you've underlying health conditions in these people's eyes. Another reason behind these type of theories is also due to social motives. Casual explanations, conspiracy explanations included, are also informed by various social motivations, including the desire to belong and to maintain a positive image of the self and in the group. Scholars have suggested that conspiracy theorists valorize the self and in-group by allowing blame for negative outcomes to be attributed to others. Thus, they may help to uphold the image of the self and the in-group as competent and moral, but as sabotaged by powerful and unscrupulous others. If this is the case, we can expect conspiracy theories 
be particularly appealing to people who find the positive image of their self or in-group to be threatened. Research generally supports this expectation. Experimental results suggest that experiences and ostracism cause people to believe in superstitions of conspiracy theories, apparently as part of an effort to make sense of their experience. Members of groups who have objectively low status because of their ethnicity or income are more likely to endorse conspiracy theories. People on the losing versus winning side of political processes also appear more likely to believe conspiracy theories. Conspiracy belief has also been linked to prejudice against powerful groups and those perceived as enemies. These findings suggest that conspiracy theories may be recruited defensively to relieve the self or the in-group from a sense of culpability for their disadvantaged position. In keeping with this defensive motivation, conspiracy belief is associated with narcissism, an inflated view of oneself that requires external validation and is linked to paranoid ideation. Conspiracy belief is also predicted by collective narcissism. A belief in the a belief in the in-group's greatness paired with a belief that other people do not appreciate it enough. Groups who feel that they have been victimized or are more likely to endorse conspiracy theories about powerful outgroups. Although people are clearly attracted to conspiracy theories when their social motivations are frustrated, it is not all clear that adopting these conspiracy theories is a fruitful way to fulfill these motivations. A feature of conspiracy theories is their negative, distrustful, and, and reprimandous. A feature of conspiracy theories is their negative, distrustful representation of other people in groups. Thus, it is plausible that they are not only a symptom, but also a cause of these feelings of alienation and anomic, but also cause of the feelings of alienation and anime, a feeling of personal unrest and lack of understanding of the social world with which they are correlated. Experiments show that exposure to conspiracy theories decreases trust in governmental institutions, even if the conspiracy theories are unrelated to those institutions. It also causes disenchantment with politicians and scientists. So far, therefore, Empirical research suggests that conspiracy theories serve to erode social capital and may, if anything, frustrate people's needs to see themselves as viable members of morally decent collectives. Conspiracy, conspiracy beliefs are widespread around the world. In rural Africa, common targets of conspiracy theorizing include societal elites, enemy tribes, and the Western world with conspirators often alleged to enact their plans via sorcery or witchcraft. One common belief identifies modern technology as itself being a form of sorcery, created with the goal of harming or controlling the people. In China, one widely published conspiracy theory claims that a number of events, including the rise of Hitler, the 1997 Asian financial crisis, and climate change were planned by the Rothschild family, which may have led to discussions about China's currency policy. 
Conspiracy theories once limited to fringe audiences have become commonplace in mass media, contributing to conspiracism emerging as a cultural phenomenon in the United States as of the late 20th and early 21st centuries. The general predisposition, the general predisposition to believe conspiracy theories cuts across partisan and ideological lines. Consp- Conspiratorial thinking is correlated with anti-governmental orientations and a low sense of political efficacy. With conspiracy believers perceiving a government threat to individual rights and displaying a deep skepticism that and displaying a deep skepticism that a deep skepticism that who one votes for really matters. Conspiracy theories are often commonly believed, some even being held by the majority of the population. A broad, cost, a broad cross-section of Americans today give credence to at least some conspiracy theories. For instance, a study conducted in 2016 found that 10% of Americans think the chemtrail conspiracy theory is completely true, and 20-30% think it is somewhat true. This puts the equivalent of 120 million Americans in the chemtrails are real camp. Belief in conspiracy theories has therefore become a topic of interest for sociologists, psychologists and experts in folklore. Another example of many conspiracy theories for which most Americans in the US believe takes us back to November 22, 1963, the assassination of one President John F. Kennedy and the subsequent murder and the subsequent murder of prime suspect Lee Harvey Oswald by nightclub owner Jack Ruby have spurred numerous conspiracy theories. These include alleged involvements by the CIA, the Mafia, Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson, who went on to become president, Cuban Prime Minister Fidel Castro, the KGB, or some combination of these elites. The original FBI investigation and Warren Commission report, as well as an alleged benign CIA cover-up, have led to the claim the federal government deliberately co- covered up crucial information in the aftermath of the assassination. Former Los Angeles, Di- former Los Angeles District Attorney Vincent Bugalo, Bu- former Los Angeles District Attorney Vincent Bugliosi, estimated that a total of 42 groups, 82 assassins, and 214 people have been accused at one time or in other various conspiracy scenarios. My conclusion here is that there are scenarios that people constantly believe that are different from the real world, from the facts that confront them, from the world that's around them. People tend to believe things that are under the surface. And that is how I relate them back to art. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to my podcast today. Now, this may be the only episode I do. However, I do hope you enjoyed it. hope you found it somewhat interesting. And if you want this again, I'm sure I can do it again, but I have a feeling that this may be a one-off. I do appreciate this. Thanks very much for listening.